Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will. Because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. SEN America. This is the SEN NBA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SEN NBA podcast. And massive show ahead. We have it's a week late, but we're still having our draft review show today. We'll look back at the NBA draft in just a little bit. But in the time that the drafts happened, we've had two absolute blockbuster trades. We'll get stuck into those. We've got an update with the New York Knicks. We had the NBA Awards night as well, just the other day. So a whole heap has happened since the last time we've been in the studio. So a bunch to get through in this podcast. And I want to welcome back, no Chris, I'm Luke Sicario host as always. No Chris De Silva today. He couldn't make it. But the man we had on for our draft um, preview, ep, the architect of, of the entire podcast that we've got here, is back in the studio, Chris Tyler. Welcome back. What's going on, Lukey? It is so good to be back, man. It's been just over three months yeah. since I've uh, been in the studio, so it was fantastic being back and seeing everyone at SEN again. I was supposed to be doing um, study and, uh, <laughs> and looking through all my notes for the past hour and a half, but that hasn't happened. There's just been too many people coming <laughs> up to me and saying good day. So it's been it's been fantastic. That's it's it's great to be back home. Got back from uh, from New York yesterday morning, not feeling jet lagged whatsoever. Beautiful. I, I'm, I'm, I'm He's up and about. about. You look up and about. I'm yeah. up and about and ready to chat some basketball. Yeah. Well, before we do, I mean, you said you were in New York. For those who don't know, you're in New York. Yep. What did you do? Uh, pretty much just got prepared for the next three years. So I ended up getting into school. I'm, I'm studying uh, in Manhattan for the next three years. So over the past three months, it was pretty much just organizing that, uh, going to a whole bunch of Yankees games. I was at the Yankees yep. games once when uh, when I was on the podcast with you. So just been doing some freelance some writing for Yankees SCN games America. pretty much, man. Just yep. getting ready for the draft. That was the whole big thing as well. I got to go to the draft yep. last week, which I'll, uh, we'll I'll chat speak about, about that. as well. Yep. That was probably the highlight for me for the entire trip because I'm obviously a college basketball junkie. I love yep. college basketball even more so than NBA, Luke. Um, Did you so, see any college games live? No, I got there no. uh, just in time for the Final Four. And by that stage, oh, okay. the tickets are just too expensive yeah, to go to the expensive. Final Four. I probably would have gone to the regionals. But once it gets down to the Final Four, I don't have enough money or yeah. to, to go there. And it also wasn't anywhere near New York. I was, so I was say, happy well, not, to, yeah. not to go anyway. But hopefully once the upcoming season starts, which is in November, yep. I am going to try to go down to as many games as I can. I what are the closest where. colleges around? Your... Rutgers is pretty yeah. close. Rutgers is in New Jersey. They're not a great uh, college basketball program, but they're still Div 1, so you can go there. St. John's is in New York, yep. but uh, it's still uh, some distance from me. But I've got to actually look at a map and kind of determine yeah. which schools would be the best for me to go to. It's, even if you go to uh, somewhere like uh, Connecticut, 
Connecticut's just, not too far away you by want bus, the, UConn. You want the atmosphere, don't you? Yeah, you absolutely. You college basketball, absolutely. college football. You're mainly going for the atmosphere. Spot on. And Unfortunately, make, yeah. the school that I'm going to, they do have a college basketball program, but they're Div 3. So they're not. So no. I'll, still be, I'll still be watching the game. You still go. Student section. Student section, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's pretty much all there is at a Div 3 school. I don't know if anyone else from the outside public actually goes to Apart these games. Apart from the mums and dads. Apart from the mums and dads and the students, I'm pretty sure maybe some alum, maybe. Yeah. But other than that, I actually don't know who would be going hey, to the games. It could be better. But I'm excited nonetheless. I'm, I'm trying out. I'm going to try out. I doubt I'm going to get in. Could be an NCAA student athlete. I could say that I'm a college basketballer. That would Even if be... I'm part of the, uh, the, 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 the scout team. I don't know if they have scout teams in, <laughs> if, you, if you don't. In Div 3. We don't have scholarships. They don't have scholarships in Div 3. Okay. I don't know if they have like a practice squad or whatever. Right. I'd love to be involved in Maybe the team somehow. Maybe they just got to sign up paper, lunchtime, go to the gym. Yeah. You're there. I'm tipping. I'm not going to make it. I played, <laughs> I played in D grade at Diamond Valley. Hey. I didn't even play A grade. Granted, I was in our top three players. Oh, you in still play team, in our team, by the way, not not in D grade, <laughs> but it was still fun. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking forward to that. But like you said, it'll be a good opportunity once the season starts to go to games because I've actually never been to a college basketball game. I've been to NBA games, yeah, but I've never been, Michael, to, a, I've never a been to a college basketball game. I went to the college football when they came to Sydney last year. I'm not sure if you That'd count be, that. Yeah, it absolutely. You counts. count it, but absolutely it, it wasn't a college atmosphere because I wasn't at exactly. there, But I still went. I still yeah. saw it. It counts. College basketball, never, no. Been to NBA game, never been to college basketball I'd love game. to go to college football as well. College sports, to me, like I prefer college football to NFL and I prefer college basketball to NBA. So I can't wait to get into to the draft talk a bit later yep. on. But um, yeah, it's 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 nuts at the moment in the NBA. I was actually at a Yankees game a couple of weeks ago when the Dwight Howard trade broke yeah. and everything was going on. I did not pay any attention whatsoever <laughs> to the baseball game. It was the first time that I went to a game and I can't actually remember watching the game. I was on my laptop the, the entire three and a half hours because it was just the whole the whole day was just entertaining that on, day, on, on Twitter. Yeah. The whole weekend actually, because that was the weekend I was gonna say, before that was when uh the Celtics traded the number one. That's pick. it. I knew something I was in Perth when that happened. I was at the Mets game when that got announced, and again, I wasn't really paying attention yeah. to the second half of that game because that entire weekend for four or five days after that got announced. That was Twitter at its absolute it best. It was absolute madness. Could not take. Do you my remember that? Twitter. I was um, when the Howard trade happened. I was in Perth. I was with the West Coast Eagles. So I had I had, I had my my desk computer there working. Had my laptop next to me, and I was on TweetDeck. I reckon I stared at Twitter for yeah. a good half hour. It just stared at it. Yep. <laughs> didn't go on any. Didn't Which read. Cra- if, if you're not a Twitter user, it sounds you crazy to just be looking through these feeds for so long. But I was it, seriously, I went home one happen. night for three, four hours in a row. I wasn't doing anything. Just I was just on Twitter, it. but it wasn't through boredom. Normally, yeah, you just exactly. you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter through boredom. Yeah. This I could not take my eyes off Twitter for four hours there's that afternoon. There's so much happening because there's. And like all the opinions are there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the analysis you see in tweets. Exactly. You talk to people, you interact. What do you think? What do you think? And you think? just don't know what's going to happen next. You're getting yeah. rumors left, right, and center. Oh. And as a Celtics fan, it's even better because Celtics are linked with everyone. And most of the time, in the end, nothing comes to fruition, especially on draft night. <laughs> we'll when chat about so many that things later. Were yeah. Looking like they were going to happen and nothing eventuated. But it's still so much fun to actually be there and get. Yeah linked to all these different players and I had my sheet of paper in front of me going through our uh, our squad and you know making up my best team this is what I do for the uh, the AFL draft as well once a, a Carlton has been linked to a, to a certain player I'll you do my best look. 18 and my best 22 with those players included I get way ahead of myself yeah. this is why I love this time of year because it is ridiculous to think this far ahead and say what happens if we get Hayward and yeah. we get Paul George and we get you know Blake s- Griffin or we get DJ something like that right yeah. we get all these players it's just fun to kind of work out how that could happen 
how you can pull off how some trade. Works. Not not that these other play, not that these other teams will actually accept these trades, but you just go, you just need to make the salaries yeah. count. That's yeah. all. That's all you care the about. The ESPN trade machine. Exactly. <laughs> totally. By the great, way, and I've, I've great assets. I've ranted about this on Twitter for a long okay. time. Yes. The ESPN trade machine needs to take into account draft picks. Yeah, it doesn't do that. Yet, it does doesn't it? take into account. You, no. You've got to put some sort of monetary value and some sort of you know how they got the PER rating on the draft yeah. machine. They have to kind of figure out the average of each of those two values for each draft pick so you can go, all right, we'll trade you this player, X player for Y draft pick or these two draft picks or whatever because that makes it so much more fun when you can it makes say it more realistic Cel- well. Celtics have all these assets so we'll give you all these assets plus this player for Paul George and then you can kind of work it you out that way. That's out. what the draft machine needs. So ESPN, I beg you, please try to <laughs> find some sort of way to include draft picks in your trade machine, okay. how far? I, w- I, I would love I'd it. ever get off trade machine if that was the case. I don't think I would. It'd be your homepage. It would right. absolutely. It would. <laughs> From trade machine to real trade. Um, this morning woke up to this news. Couldn't believe. I'll, I'll say I couldn't. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't I'll believe say, it was a trade. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I was going to say I couldn't believe it, but then this was a guy that was probably going to leave anyway. But I still can't believe it. Chris Paul, Rockets Clippers. For those who haven't seen it, Rockets Chris Paul get Rockets get Chris Paul. That's it. Clippers get Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, a whole heap of other players. Top three protected 2018 first rounder. Some cash, some cash as well, like 600K, whatever. Chris Paul's the big headline here. So initial thoughts for me, it was, this is already the Golden State effect. It's building super team to beat super team. Yep. It's what you have to do, because which is fine. For me, I like it. I like this because I spoke about this the other day with someone. So Golden State are at the top, top of the food chain, right? The t- the the best team is better than we've ever seen it, which means the pack, the league is it's not it's not stale. It's gonna keep moving and and developing. So the teams are just gonna get better. The reach Golden State. So the whole product's gonna get better because every single team will get better because Golden State's better. If that makes sense in a way. But then the worst teams will be worse. Yeah, you've got true. A, you've got X amount of really good players, and they're all going to. Four or five different teams. We saw in the 90s, right, if you wanted to create uh, a super team, essentially back in the 90s, that was two players, right? You needed two yeah. superstars. Maybe three if you're really good. But generally speaking, if you wanted to make the finals, you needed two superstars. Then once it got into like the big three era, the Heat and the Celtics, you needed three superstars. Now you're seeing with you the Warriors, four. you need four and I don't even know that this gets the Rockets haven't got four. Even with Chris Paul now joining the team, you'd say they've got Harden and Paul. Who'd even be there? Th- who'd be the third now? Gordon, Ariza, Anderson. The None disguise. of those guys are. Yeah. So Capella. I don't know if this is another super team. It's a super team if you're comparing it to 90s basketball, I guess. Having It's probably one of the best backcourts that we've seen if they can find a way to work together, which is another issue yeah. in itself, and we'll get to that in a second. But it is a strange move for me because last year we saw Harden take the reins as the point guard, had a phenomenal season, came second in MVP voting. A lot of people thought that he should have been yeah. the MVP, and, and rightly so. Was well. I just didn't put up a triple-double like yeah. Rusty, but he still had phenomenal and numbers. he had the wins as well. Had he the wins. winning games. Then all of a sudden they bring in a point guard. I don't know how it's going to work. I hope it does because I just like seeing good basketball. So it could be fantastic, but I don't know if this puts the Rockets over the line. Now, they got rid of a lot of depth. Like Pat Beverly. It was fantastic on that team. Uh, Harold was all right, but none of these guys were Lou Williams linchpins. Lou Williams, but he, he only came what halfway through the year. They only had him for yep. for half the season anyway from the yep. Lakers. Saying that, I I think the the Clippers actually win this trade because when you when I thought 
when I was looking at what was happening with the Clippers in the offseason, it didn't look like Chris Paul was going to stay. It looked yeah. like he's been linked to uh, San Antonio, and I thought that he was a good chance to go to San Antonio. Then the Rockets kind of came in, came in and they were late players for him. He was a free agent. That's the thing. Then he signed an extra year deal, 24 So he, he opted into his... He opted in. Yeah. So he, had the so extra he could year. get traded. So he could get traded. The Clippers could move him with that opt-in. What, what, but, that, that's the great question here. Why... Why did the Rockets feel the need to trade as opposed to and waiting? And why did Chris Paul feel the need to opt in yeah. rather than become a free agent? And then I'm sh- assuming he's still a max player. Oh, absolutely. The Rockets still have... Absolutely. I haven't seen what their salary cap room is like, but I'm sure that they still have room to, to sign him to a max contract over however many years. Yeah. So it is strange about how... Unless... is it You know that they've got the rule now, if you're over 36, you can only sign for another four years or whatever. How old is he now? Is it something to 32. do with, He's 32 with the years? So if he so might gets be the some, extra year, then he can sign the max after that. I'm not sure if it comes down to... There might be some CBA specifics exactly, that prevented exactly. that. But you're right. On the surface, it seems strange. And I mean, you mentioned there, I mean, how's Paul and Harden going to work together? That's what I'm thinking now. So you've got last year, both players ranked in the top 10 for touches, time of possession, and passes. They want the ball. They need the ball. Yeah. So, to me, I look at this. You've put the ball in James Harden's hands last year. You've made him the point guard, and he's just churned out one of the most historic offensive seasons ever we've ever seen. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, you're pairing him with Chris Paul. I mean, one of these guys, or both of them will, they're going to have to sacrifice. They've said they wanted to play for each other, but they all say, <laughs> you say everyone that, says You just don't know that. what's going to happen after the first month when they realize, shit, we've only got one basketball to play it, with. So that's the issue. Someone's going to have to sacrifice. Um, I think a lot of it will also come down to Mike D'Antoni. He won the coach of the year yep. the other day. He's going to have to stagger these minutes. He's going to make sure they're not on the court together for long patches but where they'll clash. But haven't got much depth as well because you like Beverly playing in the backcourt with Harden. Lou Williams kind of came in and he was a good pairing with them as well. Now you haven't got that backcourt depth that they had last season. You're bringing in Chris Paul. This is another reason why I'm not sure why he opted in because by opting in, you're letting the, the Clippers trade. Uh, you, you, you're getting... You're making the Rockets, sorry, trade for you and and all the the depth pieces. Yeah, there's not much missing. depth it's at all. It's not quite what happened with Mello when he left Denver because they got rid of a lot of good pieces. Yeah. But it's still a lot of depth that yeah. they, they no longer have. Exactly. I mean, so you I look at... I don't know whether that's just saying to Clippers, like, I'm sorry that I'm leaving. I'll, I'll at least give you picks in my in my absence. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or, I mean, or plays I mean, in my absence. You look at the core, Harden, Paul, Anderson, Gordon, a reason. The Nays a free agent. Capella's still on the contract, but after that, I, I mean, like Capella. After that, they're either free agents or they're nobodies. Yeah. So you're right. It's a team that bats six deep, it's seven very deep. So they've got a bit of maneuvering there to 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 fix the roster. They've got an eight point two million exception, so they can use that to get someone in and help out. I mean, that eight point two exception, I'm pretty sure, is more than Golden State had at any stage last year. And Golden State was still able to bring in guys like McGee and things like that. So maybe they, they can still improve um, defensively. This probably helps them. I mean, take yeah. your Beverly, bring in Chris Paul. We know he's a gun defender. Maybe he can get Harden to elevate himself on that level a little bit. Who knows? Um, I guess the, the end question is, is it enough to challenge Golden State? You'd no. probably say no. No. They'll still be it's, top three seed. They'll probably be a second or third seed. 55 game? Against the Spurs. Game the Spurs probably is the two seed, you'd say, at this stage. Maybe the Jazz, but we don't know what's going to happen with, yeah, with Haywood. Haywood. But like we said before, you've only really got two surefire superstars, and we're not sure how they're going to work together. Yeah. So the Rockets could either be really good, or they could kind of fall back a little bit. Yeah. 
there's, there's question marks here. The Clippers, here. I think, have come away looking pretty good, considering that they faced the possibility of Chris Paul leaving for exactly. nothing. Exactly. So let, let's chat about the Clippers. I mean, they're a team that, to me, this is a move that says, finally. They've moved on from this Griffin, Paul, and, and DeAndre Jordan lineup, this core. They've said, it's not going to get us over the hill. It's not going to get us past the second round. Yep. So they've moved on. I think Jerry West is a big deal in this move. If Doc Rivers is still controlling the team, I don't think this gets done. Yeah, I reckon correct. he goes back to the well with the guys he knows. So I reckon that that's played a bit of an impact in this. I mean, Chris Paul and Doc Rivers' relationship was definitely strained. That's come out now afterwards. They said they despised each other. Yep. So um, there was rumors that that um, that Doc didn't trade Austin Rivers and a few other pieces for Mallow at the trade deadline last year because he just didn't want to. Chris Paul wasn't happy with that. So there was a strained relationship there. But, I mean, I look at it now and I think, man, like you said, you got Beverly, you got Williams, Decker. De- Sam Decker's a weird one. He's that young, athletic, three-to-four guy that they actually ironically needed yeah. in that Chris Paul. He's the guy they're always missing. Yeah. The guy to plug in there in that I don't know if spot. he's as good as the player that they need, but no, he is handy. But I don't, he's, I don't know if he's, he's ever the become... mold yeah. of the player they need. They never got him, but... Now they do. I mean, nice guy off the bench. You get a first round pick. You get some young pieces in in Decker and Harrell that could become something. I mean, like you said, for someone you're going to lose anyway. Exactly. Why not? But, Where's the downside here? But is is he the first domino to fall now? Like this is what you have to That's, ask. Yeah. So is, Griffin now, and Redick are also free agents. Yeah. Does this leave the door? open for these guys to leave like we've heard Griffin the possibility of him going as someone like the Celtics or another team as well is he now more likely to opt out and then once or, or he more likely to leave and if he does leave then is it a full-blown rebuild that they get rid It'd of have to be. DeAndre Jordan and then bring in more picks and more young players because a lot of these obviously they want to keep some um, some salary cap flexibility because most of these guys are on one to two year deals like they got very short-term deals Pretty uh, like cheap deals as well yeah. for, for the most part. So they wanted to keep some sort of salary cut flexibility. Maybe they do want to keep Griffin and, and DJ and possibly bring in someone like LeBron at the end of next year. I was going to say year, they'll have a stab at him no matter what. Which is why they want to kind of keep, keep their that flexibility cap. because yep. LeBron has been rumored to move to LA at the yep. end of at the end of next season. Which is something that I think you can't rule out. The climate of free agency, you yep. can't rule out anything. Exactly, exactly. So it's not like you can't just say that's not going to happen because it sounds silly. It's like well, no. It can happen. It's a real Spot possibility. Well, like, when you look at the Clippers now, you guess. I mean, if if Griffin and Redick leave, I mean, it'd have to be a rebuild, doesn't it? Because the roster will just be spare parts. Yeah, you can't always, do anything. It's all going to come down to what happens. It can't do with anything. Griffin. With... But if Griffin leaves, then, then do, do you think that they should trade someone like DJ? Does that open up the door? Because as a Celtics fan, I would love to. Get How DJ, would DJ's so... trade value be? Do you feel I think limited? Limited high. player. How much do you give up for Someone him? Someone like the Celtics. If you're the Celtics, would... what would you give up for him? Well, now In terms of the, draft, the Clippers are, are sending you, say, hey, willing to give him up, but in return, we want young pieces. We want assets that we can use in the future. What I'd would be you more, be willing? Like, I'd, I'd be happy to give him up, uh, give up a couple of our future draft picks yeah. as well as maybe like a, a young player like... I don't know if they want someone like a Rogier or something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't give up a Jalen Brown plus a pick for him, and I wouldn't okay. give up a, a Tatum for him yeah. or anything like that. But I would definitely pair a up Bradley? Like a Rosie. Uh, it all comes down to what they want to do next year, who do they want to stay with in the, in the backcourt, because Marcus Smart, Bradley, mm. and Isaiah Thomas, they're all out of contract at the end of next season. We don't know who is going to get the money for me. I'd, I'd, 
I'm very much in the minority for Celtics fans. I actually, out of those three, prefer Bradley. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Bradley get the money over Smart and Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas is going to be in his early 30s. He's got that hip issue. Yeah. Very, very, like, traditionally speaking, sub six foot point guards struggle post 30, especially when they're carrying an injury like Isaiah Thomas is. I don't want to see him. I do want to see him get paid. I just don't want to see Celtics paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> smart, limited offensively. Three, smart is very limited offensively. Bradley can do both. Bradley can definitely do both. Yeah. He's, he's a starter. He's still relatively young. Of course, we're going to have to give him a max contract, or whoever gets him will probably have to give him a max contract between 20 and, and the max, whatever that ends up being. But to me, I would much rather keep Bradley. And yep. then maybe ship out a smart. I don't know if they want to play a like a smart, but smart in a combination of our future draft picks. I'm happy to give him like maybe the Lakers pick or something like that because I think DJ is the player that we need. He's that rim protector, yeah. that rebounder that we've kind of been looking for for a long time because if you have a look at our roster at the moment, the only guy that you could really say, I want Horford to play the four, by the way. Right. So if Horford's so playing the four, the four, DJ you don't five. really know who's going to be playing five because... We're not going to keep Johnson. Johnson's gone yeah. after this year. Me, Johnson's not, not going to be on the Celtics next year. I want to find a way to get rid of Zeller and, and, and Mickey because they don't, they don't do anything yeah. for us. They're not going to be starting <laughs> at the five for us. Yeah. If we can bring on someone like DJ, he'll fit perfectly in that five spot. He's that rim protector that we need. Obviously, he can't space the floor as well as these other players, which maybe that's why Danny Ainge doesn't like him as, as much as other GMs because Danny Ainge really does like these guys who can play a bunch of different positions, which is yeah, why he wanted to go for Tatum. He factor. loves the versatility of Tatum compared to the versatility of someone like a Markel Fultz, and that was the case with Jalen Brown as well. He yeah. loves players. He loves wing guys. He loves players that can play a multitude of positions, both on offense and defense. Yeah. DJ can't really do that, but I think what he does bring to the table is exactly what we need, so he is worth giving up some of these future assets and maybe a Rozier or a Demetrius Jackson. He's not going to have much trade value, but someone like that... Uh, in order to get him. And that's who I think DJ is. DJ is a guy that to find a trade partner for him, you're going by need yep. as opposed to, oh, he's an all-star player. Yep. He's an all-star, but not in the traditional sense. Yep. He's a guy that he fits a need. So I want him. Big, big trade. That's Chris why Paul I was, trade. I was, I was happy. Massive. As soon as I heard Chris Paul go as a Celtics fan, I'm like, all right, this is just another door that opens up yep. to a potential DJ to the Celtics. All right, so it was another big trade that, we have, we've, that happened in the draft last week that we haven't spoken about yet, but we'll touch on that. In just a little bit, before we do, this has to, we have to talk about this, Phil Jackson. So, finally, <laughs> Phil Jackson is no longer associated with the New York Knicks. Like we mentioned at the top, you've been in New York for the last three yep. months. So, you've been there in the heart of the Phil Jackson disaster. Yep. Did you feel the angst? Did you feel it? That- 100%. Yeah. So, the most part uh, that, that, you, that you notice it is obviously through... The sports media. So yeah, if you're watching the, the Michael newspaper, K show yeah. or you're watching ESPN, whatever, yeah. that's when you hear the, 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 the main uh, angst of the Phil Jackson era, right? Yeah. Where I heard it from the public was at the draft. Right. When so I was at the draft, there were so yeah. many people. There was actually a crew of people holding up signs, fire Phil Jackson, and they were pretty much the entire time chanting, fire Phil, fire Phil, yeah. the entire time. And then you could only really hear it at the end of the first when, uh, first round it's when everyone else leaves. Raves. And they're still parading around their signs. <laughs> that People are buying shirts. I'm pretty sure they were like selling shirts. Wow. And people were, at the draft. Yeah, the they stands. were selling shirts like fire Phil shirts. And these people... Right next to me, I'll say, come over here. I'll, I'll pay. How much? How much? <laughs> oh, give, I'll give, give you 20 bucks for the shirt. So people, they they hated Phil. Yeah. But you know the bad news for the Knicks? Everyone's waking up. All these Knicks fans are waking up saying, this is fantastic. Finally got rid of Phil. Yeah. You know the problem? James Dolan. <laughs> Still <Stop> got <there>. Dolan. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah, nothing's going to change. You, you, you fix one problem. 
But you, the other problem is still You're there. getting rid of the source of the problem. Right. You have to... What, what's what's the saying about cutting the head off the... What is, what's that? Cut the head off the snake. Yeah. You got yeah, to do. You have to do but that. But they haven't done that yet. The problem is still going to be there as long as Dolan's as in charge, as man. Dolan. Nothing's, nothing's uh, so, going to change. I guess, where does this leave um, Camelo? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I have no what, what idea. Hap- where does it leave Pazingas? Does he still get Pazingas stays. No, no, He no. stays? Uh, yeah, 100%. That was there was. I saw a picture. There was in at at, at Times Square a billboard. Don't trade Porzingis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not sure. If car out. Yeah, escaped on the side of a building. Which yeah. company brought it out or yeah. whatever it was? But it was this big orange. There's don't no trade Porzingis. So he's not. No leaving. chance. Okay, he'd probably be the t- one of the top five guys in the league that's untradeable. Oh, he's a star. I couldn't. When I started reading the rumors, I'm like they're joking. Yeah, like they're not going. Phil's not going to do this, is he? He's not going <laughs> to trade Porzingis. Oh. Surprised you had so much faith in him. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, no, they're that's keeping true. him. But as for Mello, whether they buy him out or not, was has there been any news in the uh, last twenty four hours? I knew they were kind of considering whether that was going to happen or not. I'm seen not sure. anything? I mean, I would assume it's a buyout is where it's going to go. Yeah, I would assume. And then does Cleveland pick him up? I don't know. There's a few options for him there. You'd you'd want to go. Does he even want to leave New York? Like it's. I I honestly think the main reason he wanted to leave New York was because of, because of Jackson, because of Phil Jackson. But now yeah. Phil Jackson gone. Yeah. So does that change things for Camelo? I don't know. I mean, I think... I, he it, has said that he wants to stay in New York because of his kid, his right? His kid and his family. So it's home for him. Yeah. I mean, before we move on with Phil Jackson, I mean, let's... I mean, look, he's, it's pretty clear he stayed in the game probably three years to, to pass his <laughs> expiry date, uh-huh. right? Um, let's kind of hope that these last three, four years, however long he's been if the Knicks, doesn't overshadow anything else he did prior with his coaching days or... I hope not. I mean, 11 rings, I think he's got, or however many rings you he's got. You look at Twitter. Twitter's funny, man. The past couple of days, people are saying about how, you know, all of a sudden he has nothing to do with all those 11 rings because see, he had I hope Jordan not. and Pippen and then Kobe and ah, Shaq. See, I think that's a bit disrespectful. <laughs> We've seen many super teams fall that's over. What, that's what Twitter is like. I know, I know. But I... I hope we don't lose sight that he's still one of the greatest basketball minds we've ever seen. You know how much he was getting paid per day? 500k, wasn't it? 50 grand a day. 50, 50 grand, grand a day. Me. So it was, while he was wasn't in New it York. 60 mil for how many? Ever? For five years or whatever. I, don't, I can't remember. Jeez. But it was. It ended up being $50,000 a day he was making during his it's tenure. Not bad to do a bad job. Exactly. That's what <laughs> I mean. Like, you can't really fault it. Because I'm pretty. Did he even want to kind of get back into. I don't basketball know. that much. And yeah. Once someone like James Dolan throws you that much money and says, you we say, want you to be the president. Why not? You're stupid if you say no. Exactly. It's turning that money at that age when... He just did a bad job. Oh, well, we'll move on. We'll move on now. Jimmy Butler trade. So let's get second to... Oh, we'll get second to the draft next. This happened at the draft on draft night. It happened right. on draft night? Yep. Yeah, it did. It didn't get announced actually until about Later 45 on. minutes, which is funny because I was on Twitter the entire night because that's where you, you kind of have there to. There were fans screaming out the draft picks names prior to it being announced. Yeah. I think Jay, uh, Tatum. The, yeah, Tatum was chuckling when it was up at the podium. The, the before deputy the GM. But so I was on Twitter the entire time, which kind of takes away from it a little bit because you do find out the pick you know, three minutes before. It takes away the excitement. It does. It does. But the good thing about it is that you know about these trades, which is why I wanted to go on because I wanted to know what was happening with the Celtics. So the trade gets announced relatively early on. Yeah, it did. Uh, On Twitter, it does get announced early on. And then it doesn't get announced to the public. They got to sign the paperwork. They got to... Yeah, until it's official. Yeah. It doesn't get announced until like the end of the first round, I think. I can't remember exactly. It was a bit late. It was later yeah. on. And it was funny because I've known about the trade for so long. It finally gets announced and everyone around me are like, what? 
So people has been traded. So people the draft obviously they you had know. no idea. Obviously, like I had a couple of media people next to me, so they all that knew. knew. I had a little kid next to me who went berserk. I had these <laughs> half cut guys behind me who were going berserk. They had no idea whatsoever. And they That's couldn't great. believe it. That's so awesome. It's kind of funny because like that excites- oh, shit, I didn't realize that no. people, people aren't on Twitter. You know that- what I mean? It's so. It's so normal to be on Twitter during these events. That excitement factor. I love Twitter. We all love Twitter. But yeah. that excitement. I think about me. We don't have that excitement factor anymore. I know. That makes me think, man, it'd be cool just to be there and not go on anything and just be shocked like that. Yeah, well, that's why it's... So I don't mind actually watching the draft on TV because you still get the draft rumors from the ESPN guys. Yeah. But you don't get, you don't get the finding pick. out the pick. Exactly. So I had to kind of choose which way I wanted to go. And in the end, I thought, I want to find out about the draft, about the trades. So you had to stay on the Twitter. About, yeah, so it was... It wasn't. It took a, some of it away from um, the... The experience of actually going, but in the end, it's still, it was still hey, good. You still found out. So let, let's chat about this. So Jimmy Butler's gone to Minnesota along with pick 16, turning to Justin Patton. Chicago gets Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, pick seven, turning to um, to, to, to Macaron. I bet how you pronounce his name. <laughs> Laurie Markinen. Laurie Markinen. <laughs> excuse me, Laurie. So we'll chat about Minnesota first yep. because they got Butler. Are they now a playoff or bus commodity? I mean, not playoff or bust. No, I think they got to make the playoffs. But let's I don't not, think it's let's a not be forget all if they don't make Town, the playoffs. Towns twenty one, Wiggins twenty two. So they're still super young. We yep. saw that last year when they were bad. And Butler still has a couple of years on his contract. Yeah, we saw it last year. They were young because they were bad defensively. They couldn't win the close games. They're yep. two pillars of being a young side. Exactly, that still exists. But I mean, you're looking at this. There'll be questions on how Butler turns and Wiggins can work. None of them are particularly good outside shooters, so they're not going to space the, space the floor that well. It takes a while to gel, but I mean, you think about what they gave up. I mean, this is just a massive, massive tick. Yeah, Tim Wolf's pretty happy. They gave up nothing. Yeah. So they Le- gave up nothing. Levine's someone hasn't quite lived up to expectations. He's got off the injury ACL as well. Which... Cut. Hasn't played a lick of defense in his life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But he's, he's kind of a, no, he's probably a low upside guy. Coming into the league, he was a high upside guy. I don't know how much yeah. he's going to go into what he could potentially have become before. Chris Dunn could still be selling, but now he's 22, 23. Had a 23. terrible rookie season. Yeah. If he would have got, like, I think they wanted pretty much this exact... Trade hall before last year's draft, didn't they? They wanted yeah, was, to trade in and yeah. get that pick for Jimmy Butler because the Bulls really liked Chris Dunn. Yeah, didn't show much. I haven't given up on him yet. No, you haven't. At all I can't give up him on him. College, but he hasn't showed a lot, has he? Hasn't showed a lot. No. But then you get pick seven, which is okay. You get Larry Markkinen, who you probably could have got someone better at pick seven, but he's the type of guy they need. So I guess it's okay, even though he can't rebound for shit. I mean, uh, these. I mean, play they need. But the fact they give up pick sixteen—that's kind of the, the strange thing to me. And the Timberwolves did come out and say that if they didn't get pick sixteen in return, they wouldn't have done the deal. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that because it's not. It's not. My, it doesn't move the needle in any way. I wouldn't whatsoever. have thought so. It's not like. Uh, but to me, I look at I look at Chicago and I think like sure at the tr- deadline like four months ago, you were asking for two first round picks. You had this yeah. massive asking price. You can't tell me that just went away. Surely it, it, this it this, this can't be the best deal. From that what they we were had. reading, the Celtics turned down the offer of pick three. But you know Jim what? Butler. Even if this was the best deal they could get. Like, why not? Why take it? Why not just say, hey, let's just reboot and try and contend again this he's still season? Still got two years. Yeah. He's, like, he's not a, it's not like he was a free agent. Yeah. So, to me, if this is the best you could get, Butler's trade value, I mean, I'd assume it wouldn't be going down. It'd be going up. So, uh, I don't, I just don't get it. You didn't get enough for a top 15, maybe top 10 guy 
yeah. in the league. You're getting back two massive question marks, and you moved up nine picks it's very in the draft. I mean, you end up with pick seven, so it's not like you traded into the top and five or the top three. To be honest, there's not much difference in this year's draft between exactly. pick seven and pick 16. This we spoke about draft. that. I think your first tier was top six. Yeah. So they've got seven. Yeah. So they've missed out on that top tier of players. I mean, uh, it's a strange move. I mean, hey, Jimmy Butler's now reunited uh, with, with Fibs, Tom Fibidori in Minnesota. So that'll be fun to see. Um, it gives Minnesota a leader, at least, yeah. a superstar to lean on. To me, I look at this for Minnesota as well. It's finally, they finally embrace where they are. It's finally a move that says, hey, we can actually win. We're ready. We're ready. Yep. This is it. We are ready to win with this team. Chicago can get back some meat and potatoes players. I'm not sure how good they're going to be. It's going to be tough. It's a, like, I, can't I mean, rule it's a, it out completely. Levine can still be something. Dunn can still be something. Le, uh, Laurie Malkinen can still be it something. It makes, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, Levine helped us the floor space at least. I mean, Chris Dunn, you can't give up on yet, but. Signs aren't positive. I mean, you look at it now, I mean, it's an eight, it's a tick, tick, tick for Minnesota. It's maybe two crosses and a question mark for Chicago. Yeah. Because it's just, I don't know. I, I, I was a bit, I still really can't get my head around it. I do feel sorry for Bulls fans. They're, they're, they're for a tough ride. Are, what happens What happens if D-Wade now? I mean, But you know the worst thing about it, and we'll get into this again later on, obviously they had a bad draft and not a lot of people were happy with them picking up marketing. Then they actually picked up someone half decent at pick 38 in Jordan Bell from Oregon, who I had as a mid-20s pick. I think most mock drafts had him at around the 20 to 30 mark. Pick him up at pick 38, right? Fantastic pick. Fell in your lap. What do they do? They trade him to Golden State Warriors for cash Cash. considerations. So for nothing. They give him up for free. Why? That, to me, is, is worse than the trade. Right. You get a potential a guy who should have been drafted in the 20s, falls in your lap at 38, and you trade him to the Golden State Warriors <laughs> for cash. Just that shocker. is a stupid, Just stupid shocker. move. Yeah. They had a terrible draft night, the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, now, now you've got D-Wade, 23.8 million this year, then a free agent. Who knows oh. what happens with him. All right, let, let, let's use that as a segue into the draft. I mean, I know you've been waiting to talk about this for oh, yeah. a long time. So, uh, but before we suck into the winners and lose them, we'll really analyze the picks. You were there. How was it? You Fantastic. were there. How was the atmosphere? So- how how was your draft night experience? You were there as as a media accreditation. I'm going yes. to pull back the curtain a little bit. I, I oh, don't know if go. I get in trouble with this or not. No, so you don't get in trouble. I applied for it. I got I got in. Whatever. So I got to the. Um, was it a long process to apply? And- no, nah, you apply and then you get it. Right? Pretty easy, right? Beautiful. So then you get, you get in, and uh, I'm walking through the media corridors and all that sort of stuff towards uh, where the seating map is, right? seating where, arrangements. where you're supposed to sit. Because so there's a few media seating. So is there like a, a yeah? There's different sections. A, B, C. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was just looking on the on the chart looking to see where I'd be where I'd be sitting. I don't think it's names. It's more uh, organizations. So I was okay. there for SEN, right? Okay. So I was looking for SEN, and there's nothing there. There's no SEN. And I'm like, what? What's going on? So you're I'm, like, I'm, oh, look, no. I'm looking like three times. You're like an intruder in here. Went up to someone and I said, look, if our name's not on the the, the chart, where where do we sit? Where, where where are we supposed to go? And they said, oh, I'm not too sure. Go ask someone over there. So I went over to <laughs> someone. Somewhere over there, and they said, go back to this other person. Right? <laughs> so no one had any so idea of what was going finally on. Finally, I got a hold of someone, and they said, yeah, you just go through to the to the media room, to the left, down down there to the left. I'm like, okay. So I walked down the corridor, go to the left, and all it is is this room with three trestle tables yeah. and a bunch of seats around it. It was crowded as anything. Like, you, you couldn't have your own space. Yeah. And so you're just supposed to set up your laptop there. You can plug it in. There's like a PowerPoint, PowerPoint. in the middle of the table, and there's three small TVs 
and you can't really hear what's going on, right? The, okay. the volume was down. So you're better off staying so at home. So I'm sitting there going, are you serious? Because I could have seriously stayed at home where I could actually hear the TV, yeah. drank a couple of beers, yeah. had some food, all this sort of stuff. I was pissed, yeah. right? <laughs> Thankfully, Nick Medellinos, the great Nick Medellinos ESPN. from ESPN, ESPN yes. Australia, uh, who has fantastic work. Make sure you check yes. him out on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, he came, met me down there. He had a seat, right? He's, he's a big shot. ESPN Australia, big shot, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he had a seat and he said, oh, you should just come up with me, see if there's, normally there's spare seats around me, so you should just sit with me and then if someone comes and takes your seat, then you just come back down. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try just this. Just try. You might as well. I hate being here. I hate this room. It would have ruined your draft. I, it, it already ruined my yeah, draft. Well, it didn't go. even start. Yeah, all right. So I went up and uh, sat next to Nick and no one else came to my seat. So I ended up, Getting, getting a good seat actually can, could see the uh, the draft the draft I could, I could see you the could stage I could hear it you're in the atmosphere I was part of it yes thank god because I would have been so filthy yeah had I just had to sit in the media room and I think a lot of like a lot of people were in that media room but I don't know if they just didn't care or I'm not sure they might have been working I would have just stayed at home seriously yeah. would you would have gone home no Did you have no, enough I no I wouldn't have had enough time okay Um. so I wanted to make sure that I was at least there yeah but the fact that I couldn't hear anything, and I, I, I'm just, it was going to be, it was ter- at that stage, I was, I sent a message to my dad saying, I'm so upset right now. I can't believe they came all this way for this. For this. Right. right. Um, thankfully, in the end, like we said, I actually got to sit in the, uh, in, the, in the stadium. In the proper stadium. In the proper stadium, could see what was going on, could hear what was going on. Yeah. And it was much better. So it was fantastic for that. So I, uh, I had a ball. You had a ball. I was pretty much the only person still in my seat, enthralled in what was going on by pick 60. Everyone else <laughs> has gone home, but I loved it. Well, there we go. So it's a great experience. So let's get into the winners and losers. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like you mentioned, Chicago are losers, Minnesota are winners, mostly because of that trade. So we'll move on from the trade. We'll yep. talk about the actual kids. Yep. Um. I liked Philadelphia's draft. Great draft. I mean, they traded up to pick one. They get faults. Right it's the guy they need. Yep. It is the perfect fit for what they need. Um, they get the Aussie as well, Jonah Bolden, pick thirty six. He is might a not. Steal. I'm we'll preface. It might not play in the NBA next season. He's got yeah, some contract it, it, stuff to work out yeah, in it Europe. It looks like he'll probably get uh, be a draft and stash. But, but pick that's 36, fine. I think a lot of people were expecting him to go in that twenty to thirty range. I had him, I think, mid thirties. So yep. he's he's a great pickup for for uh, Philadelphia at that stage. He could really be someone who is a difference maker down the track. Obviously, he used to play at UCLA, had a bit of an off season, went to play in Europe, yep. ended up uh, being one of the rising stars in in the what, what, what league he played in Serbia. Oh. Uh, what's the league? I can't remember what the league I can't was remember, called. But he tore played it apart. really well. Played tore really it apart. really well. Yep. So great pick at pick thirty six. They also picked up Anzes Pizekniks. Yes. Uh, in the at the end of the first as well. So another potential draft and stash guy. But a big man is he not? He is yep. a big man. They also also picked up Jawan Evans, who is one of the best point guards in the uh, in the draft as well as Sterling Brown, who is Shannon Brown's brother. Okay. Also another yes. really good backcourt player who. Is it could could be anything. Yep. I had him towards the end of the second round, but really, once you get to the second round, anything can really uh, happen, right? Yeah. So he was good, and Matthias Lasort, the French yep. bloke. So, look, that's that's a good haul from them, but it all stems down to what they did with that first pick, Markel Fultz. The didn't guy, give up. Guy that they need. Didn't give up a lot to get it. Didn't give up a lot. Perfect pick for him. Perfect pick. I mean, now you look at Fultz, Embiid, Saric, um, Simmons. All of a sudden. This rebuild, this this process and all the that feds. type of stuff. Yeah. You f- the feds. Yeah. You see that? The feds. I'm trying to... I don't think I had it. That's why Embiid nicknamed him. The feds. He's Fultz, Embiid, Embiid, Dario, and Simmons. Simmons. 
The feds. feds. I had missed that. Okay, so they've got the feds. Got the feds. They're ready to go. Um, you've finally got... It's going to take a while, of course. They're young, and we all know that, but they've finally got something they can go. And they're... They're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're going to be Provided, fun. Provided, and God, I hope this is the case, that Embiid stays healthy. That's the thing. We how many, need, how we many, need a fit Joel Embiid. How many games are you going to get out of him? Is he a 40-game-a-year oh. player? Oh, he, he, I need him to play more than... 55-60 this year. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for him. We finally see Simmons back on the court. Um, another team that I think, and this is kind of a universal statement that did really well. I don't know. Almost universal. Oh, my, well, that's what we're about to chat about. Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox, Harry Giles, Justin Jackson, um, Frank Mason. I thought this was a really nice draft for the Kings. They finally, uh, they, they don't get in the winner's spot often on draft night the Kings. It's a very rare that they're winners. Which is why I think everyone's so quick to label them as winners. It's like when you're the younger brother, right? Your older brother's very accomplished and you're kind of the younger brother that doesn't really do much as a bit and you of a, a head case. You do something half decent and your parents are like, oh, we're so proud of you. You're, <laughs> you're the best, you know, all this sort of stuff. And the older brother's like, I've been doing this for It's nothing years. special. Like, well, if I did this, then you'd be saying that I'm a disappointment because the, what, we, what we expect, the, ex- yes. the expectation yes. factor is so different compared to everyone else. So sure, they had a good draft. I don't think they overtly stuffed anything up. I mean, you look at the young core now, Fox, Giles, Buddy Hilt, Skets, um, Scala BCA it's not great but it's something they can work so with let's let's go through so they got De'Aaron Fox Justin Jackson Harry Giles Frank Mason right all four yes. guys who played at major college programs right? if you're a college basketball fan you've seen a lot of each of these four guys they're, they're not known names. on paper they look like a good haul for me De'Aaron Fox good good choice to pick five limited offensive game at the moment let's hope he develops a three point shot yep. could not shoot from behind the three uh, in the college game Great defender, very quick, yep. very agile. Could be something uh, if he develops a, a jump shot. And it, look, his, his form, his jump shooting form, doesn't have anything to suggest that he can't uh, establish that. So yep. he's going to be a good player. I don't know if, if he's going to be a superstar, but he's okay. going to be a solid player. I yep. like him. Right, he's he's, he was probably the best player. Brings left a on bit the board of a competitive five. attitude as well, from what I've Absolutely. seen. Absolutely, very you know, up and about. Awesome, awesome dude. I saw a lot of his media. Um, yeah, uh, what do you call it? Presses, availabilities, all, all that. Like when he, when he goes on different shows, yep. like it was on Colin Cowherd shows, on Michael yep. Mike, all these different shows. He's probably the best media performer out of any draft okay. that got picked this year. He's yep. he looks like he's got his head screwed on. Right, that's fine. That's what I like best about yep. Fox. He's just up and about, very entertaining. That's what I love most about him. So he could be really good. Justin Jackson, I don't know if he has particularly a high upside, right? So they yep. traded pick 10 for pick 15 and 20 or something like that. Yeah, was it? something like that. To me, yeah. right? So you pick up Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Justin Jackson is a three-year guy from North Carolina. So he came out as a junior. Mm-hmm. It was one of the ACC's best players. I think he won ACC Player of the Year. Yeah, Great shooter, okay a- a athlete, good leader, another good guy with yeah. who's you know a good media performer so he's obviously quite mature as yeah. well good player I don't know how how much of an upside he gives you right so he's a guy that I don't think he's ever going to be a starter I think he's more of a player that can come off off the bench and kind of give you some uh, quality minutes where he can shoot the lights out a little bit yeah. not a great defender but for me, like I don't know if he's ever going to be that superstar that you could have got at 10 because to me, this draft went until was, 11, 12, yeah. right? And then it was kind of another tier. I mean, you mentioned that. I think you got 15, they got him. Yep. I think it was pick 15. I mentioned there, it was one of the ACC's top players. I think something that a lot of guys that don't 
follow college closely is they wonder, they'll see a player win an ACC player of the year or a Big Ten player of the year. Then they get picked at like 15 or 25. How much value do those awards hold? Draft-wise. They do, they do hold it. They do hold awards. And we'll also talk in this conversation, we'll also mention Frank Mason, who they picked up at pick 30-something in the draft. Yeah. Who won the Naismith Player of the Year, so the best player in college basketball. So why does he fall into the second round then? Because he's six foot and he's a senior. So right, so he's kind older. Of, yeah. yeah, you think that you've kind of seen all you can see from him. And we've seen like someone like Isaiah Thomas went pick 60, and he's a sub-six-footer who yeah. played a lot in college as well, right? So he could still be a really good player, but... He has, again, limited upside. Right. There could be other players they could have chosen. By the so way, he's I almost just, maxed out. I, I lo- That's who I he is. I love the fact that seniors are getting picked up higher than they used to. Used to. I do, yeah. I do love that because I want to see, as a college basketball fan, I want to see players stick around for a lot longer than they used to. Right? I, yeah. I want to see them stay two, three, four years. So I love the fact that he got drafted at, at, at pick 30-whatever, Frank Mason, but I don't know if he has tremendous substance. I don't okay. know if it's that, as good of a pick as if they went for someone like a Shemi Ojale who went to Celtics yeah. or a Jonah Bolden or a Jordan Bell. I would have had all three of those guys ahead of Frank Mason, right? So, so it's so, more a, a, a drafting on potential as opposed exactly. to what you've seen. And then Harry Giles is coming off an injury. He's coming off a yeah. bunch of knee injuries. He could never <laughs> play more than 10 minutes in a game ever. Yeah. Because he's got <laughs> recurring knee issues. I think he busted both knees, right? Busted both knees, yeah. has had a multitude of, of in, in injuries. He's a, a guy that could be good. He Coming out of high school, he was the number one rated player coming yeah, out of high school. So he and they fell. just keep having issues, right? Yeah. He only Six, played... You want you don't want knees as a 6'10 guy. Exactly. He He's a guy that only played 10 minutes a game at Duke. The average... Only averaged... 3.9 points, 3.8 rebounds. Exactly. <laughs> he would have been yeah. a good pick in the 30s. If they picked him up with their second round pick, that would have been good because he is a high upside guy. Would that, he have been available in the 30s? I reckon, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, like, he, he didn't come to the draft because his people were expecting him not to go until mid to late second round. Right. I had him probably mid-20s, but I reckon that he could have fallen to 33. He's, he's not a guy that you should reach for because you don't think he's going to be available at the next pick, right? If he's there, then you yeah. go for him because he has that upside. But to me, I don't know if trading pick 10, who you could have got someone like Malik Monk, who I love. Malik yeah. Monk is the biggest deal of the draft for me. I had him when Philadelphia had, you had pick him three. pick three. When Philadelphia yep. had pick three, I thought they should have reached for him. That's yep. how much I love him. They traded up from pick. T- they traded out from pick ten, where they could have got Malik Monk, to a guy from Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Neither of who I think are going to be starters in the NBA. Okay, so you're not as big as on the Kings draft. Everyone's saying as an A+. most. I don't. I, I. I'm just not that high. So a lot of question marks about those. A lot guys. of question marks. To me, you give him a tick for Fox, right? Question mark for Jackson. Question mark on Giles. Question mark on on Mason. All right. To me, everyone's saying, and I don't know I might seem like I'm biased. Everyone's saying that yeah. the Celtics had a below par well, draft. Well, I, I was about to, to go on that. So I know you're pretty strong on this. That you actually reckon the Celtics have had a better draft than the Kings. Hundred percent. Okay, so because Boston, Jason Tatum. Oh, I love Tatum. I reckon his scoring potential is awesome. He could be like yeah. a 25 point a game. That guy that you need on the wing, you can give the ball to, say, I hey, like him. I think he's more going to be a back. four than a three. I think he prefers playing yeah. a three. I think once he puts on a bit more weight, he could play the four. I feel like he's a bit, he hasn't been mentioned to this guy, but I feel like he could potentially grow into the mold of someone like Kevin Love. Yeah, okay. And if he can be someone like Kevin Love, I think we've That'd be a massive picked tick. up a good player, You'd right? Pick up an all star player. It's hard for Celtics players, and me included, when you have your mind focused on Markel Fultz for so long and then all of a sudden a week before the draft he's gone he's gone yeah. right and then all of a sudden you have to you settle think, for, oh, for Tatum yeah. I'm happy with Tatum right? I'll trust I reckon he's a good pick for me getting Shemi Ojale in that second round is massive yeah. Shemi Ojale is a guy who 
can score. He averaged 18 points or so a game playing for SMU. Yep. He is a great defender. He's very versatile, which Danny Ainge loves. Yep. He, um, he's got a, an NBA-ready body. He's, he's a, a thick dude. Yeah. He's a thick dude. He's a big boy. He can score in a variety of different ways. He's great um, posting up. He's yep. great from behind the three. He shot at about a 42% clip, 43% clip for, for the season. He's a great player. As he has uh, uh, enough high upside to potentially be a, an all-NBA player one day. Right. I seriously feel okay. like he's someone who can take that um, uh, Crowder role down the track. Right, I love that. I can't believe that he fell to, to right. the Celtics that pick. So the fact that we picked up Tatum and Ojale, don't worry about our last two picks. Kadeem Mellon could be okay, and Jabari Bird could be okay. I didn't have either of those okay. in my top sixty, but so, don't, yeah. don't worry yeah. about those guys. But getting Tatum and Ojale in yeah. the same draft, I think that's fantastic. To me, I'm more excited about seeing Ojale than I am about Tatum. I'm pumped about Ojale. Right. So that's massive. I guess what a lot of people say about the downside of the Boston draft is again, you've missed I'm not missed a chance, but you haven't made a big move. There yeah, was be, a look, lot to, a to lot flying on, around. Like, Poor George. And it might not have been there and that's still, there's still chance to do that, right? Of In course. Free agency. So yes. we, we, we weren't hamstrung but by I the fact think that we needed to get it done on draft night, right? That's where the loser mantle comes. It's like, well, again, and, and, they've settled for Guy, Jason Tatum. But haven't... it could still happen. And this is the thing. A lot of people don't like what Celtics did because we traded down from one. Yeah. To me, I would have preferred to stay at one. Yeah. Okay? I, I wanted Marco Fultz. I love Marco Fultz. I think he should be the point guard of the future Once because I think Isaiah Thomas has very limited time left. Yeah. I would have preferred Marco Fultz. Even though I would have preferred Marco Fultz, I still think that getting three, Tatum could still be a good player, and the future first-round draft pick, which should be a half-decent pick, yep. whether it's the Lakers next year or Sacramento the year after, it should still be a good pick, right? So even though we're not where we could have been, still- the fact that we've saved $1.1 million going down from one to three, we need pretty much every $1,000 that we can get, we need yeah. to save up a max salary, right? Because we now that the salary's gone from 101 to 99 we need, you need it. everything that we can get. So the yeah. fact that we saved $1.1 mil might allow us to get someone like Hayward yep. and... Uh, you know, just just free up the additional it free space. Free up the space. I still think that getting Tatum and Ojale is a it great would. deal, especially when you you say that you could either get Lakers next year or yeah. Uh, Sacramento. And I think a that. lot of people are just getting a bit impatient with Boston and Danny. They just want it to happen. But if it's not that, you can't. That's a, that's a bad reason to do, to do a deal, though. You can't say we just need to get a deal done. Exactly. No, no, no. You have to wait for the right deal. Yeah, exactly. Right. People know that the Celtics have a lot of assets, so they're asking more. From the yeah. Celtics compared to every other Any team. Any other team. So, so we shouldn't do a deal just because. Just because you need like we have the, the assets. We we have to find the right deal that yeah. the, the the entire front office is happy with. I don't mind the fact that we haven't pulled the trigger yet. I'd rather not uh, have pulled the trigger than have pulled the trigger on a deal that, that we shouldn't not, have done. Yeah. Thank no, God. Absolutely. Like the, remember a couple of years ago, we were going to trade pretty much all our assets to go up and and select um, <laughs> Justice Winslow. And thankfully, for some reason, Charlotte said uh, no. no thanks. Yeah, Jordan loved Winslow, didn't he? No, George, they ended up going for um, no. Who's the other guy uh, that Kaminsky, they loved? That's was it. it. Was that year yeah, that Frank Kaminsky, Kaminsky picked nine. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Portland's another. Danny Ainge wants to avoid something else like that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Danny so Ainge gotta... doesn't want to be found as a guy who puts that much chips into a pot that might not pay off. Exactly right. So we'll go to another loose. I don't reckon Portland had a particularly great draft. They just stocked up on. More big man. I mean, they picked up Zach Collins, the guy that we spoke about before the yeah. draft. Like you were actually quite surprised he even uh, nominated. Yeah, I'm not as high on him as, as a lot of other of other guys who was playing backup. Yeah. 
uh, in college to uh, Karnowski for Gonzaga, and he played a lot of backup in college as well. That's not to say that he can't be a superstar. I think he can be really, really good. Um, but for me, I think there were other players on the board that uh, are better options than right. Collins. I feel like Collins could have been drafted a bit uh, later on in the draft, but look, he could still be a good player. What surprised me about Portland, obviously they got rid of one of the draft picks to go up and get Collins at 10 from Sacramento. I feel like they could have used more picks on uh, draft and stash players, high, high upside draft and stash players. Well, Caleb Swanigan's still good anyway. Yeah. He probably got drafted well, earlier than I thought, but I he's, guess he's for still me, a good player. It's just, but you, the fit is what is strange. You've got Nurkic, you've got Leonard. I mean, you've got... You, you're already hamstrung as it is salary cap-wise. I'm not sure if this draft advanced them in any way. Same as Detroit. They need to cut some salary. I mean, they settled on, on, on Kennard. I'm not sure how high his ceiling is. So they're another team that kind of just went yeah, to through the draft. Not, they didn't really do anything. Luke Kennard is a guy who a lot of people became really high on in the last couple of weeks. He had phenomenal draft workouts, right? So yeah. a lot of teams were really high on him because I don't, of that. How much can you put into a draft workout, though? It's to me, su- that you shouldn't. It's but such it's, an environment think, separate to a game. I don't think it's about the workout, though. It's more about the meeting that you the do with the players. Yeah. So you want to be able to meet up with them and see I've got, how I mean, they are as guys. You have to do it, but I'm not sure if it should sway you that much because it's a different environment to yeah. a game. Whether they should have gone for someone like Donovan Mitchell who went to Denver at 13 remains to be seen. I actually really like Luke Kennard. He's right. a phenomenal scorer yeah. in college. One of the best shooters in the entire draft. Can really do a lot of different things. I don't hate it. I don't know if I would have gone for him or Mitchell because I love Mitchell as well. They're probably on par uh, for me. Yep. But then after that, like... After uh, that pick 13, then I think the draft dropped off again. So then went to Bam Adebayo at 14, Justin Jackson 15, Justin Patton at 16. All those guys I'd have uh, below Luke Kennard. I think Luke Kennard's better than all those guys. So yeah. Even though if they could have traded – if they would have got Malik Monk, you would have been – You would have been over the moon. Over the moon. But yeah. unfortunately, it was either between him and Mitchell. So you can't really be too upset about okay. Kennard because I feel like he is a player who can really contribute and he could – uh, really score yeah, a so lot of points in the NBA. W- what other thoughts on the draft? Is there any other winners or losers that you have? Any other picks that surprise rather, you that rather you winners love? Than, yeah, I want, to, I want to talk about picks. I want to talk about yeah. steals and reaches because okay. I wrote an article for scn.com.au about uh, where each player should go in the draft and yep. what draft range are expected to go. Because a lot of people see where a player is on a mock draft and they think anything before that is, is, a, is a reach, <laughs> anything after is a steal. It's not how it works. Right? No. There's like an entire... Some players could go anywhere between 13 and 29 and, and be okay. Fit, depend, it's a whole factors play. Exactly. Yep. For me, I got, I'll, I'll give you a couple of steals. Right. I've spoken about him, Malik Monk. Yep. Can't believe he fell out of the top 10. Went to 11. That was amazing. He's yeah. going to be a like, really, really, really good player. Yeah, him at pick three. So he's gone to Charlotte. I, I feel like he would have been worthy of pick three. Yeah, he's gone to Charlotte, so they've picked up an absolute stunner there. Absolutely. So between, probably between him and Kennard is the two best shooters in the entire draft. Yeah. Pick 11. At pick 35, you get Ivan Rabb out of California. Yes. If he would have declared at the end of last year, he was playing with Jalen Brown. They were both uh, freshmen last year. He would have gone in the lottery. He probably would have been end of the lottery, maybe in between 15 to 20. I had him at twenty, early 20s. I can't remember okay. exactly where. I think I had him Toronto. What did they have? 21, 22? Toronto? I had... I had he, 23. 23. I had him at 23. Yep. He ended up falling to 35. To Memphis, he's gone to. 35. Yeah, picked by Orlando, traded to Memphis. I think that's a steal. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest steals as well. We spoke about... So 35, 36, 37, and 38 were all, were all steals. Oh, there we go. how deep the draft is. It was probably about so 40... So Bell, Ojale, Belden, and Rab. All players steals. that can be really, really, really <laughs> good. 
Bell, I can't believe he fell to 38. We spoke about that before. He could yeah. be a really good player. And got traded on for cash. Yeah, and I thought uh, Ike Anigbogu falling to 47. I know there's some medical issues with him. He's a guy that I think a lot of people had at the end of their first round, fell to 47 to Paces. Yes. The Pacers picked up two UCLA guys. They picked up TJ Leaf, who is another guy that yeah. I really liked. Pick 18, I think 18 or 19. Let me have a look at what it was. TJ Leaf, 18. I loved yep. him. I think he could have gone as high as 11, to be honest with you. I love TJ Leaf. A yep. Great shooter, stretch four guy, great rebounder. Uh, I feel like the Indiana actually came away looking pretty good from the draft. I think a lot of people don't really like their draft, but TJ Leaf and EK Anikbogu, Great draft picks. He yep. didn't do much in college. Big guy, though. He has a lot of potential, I think. But that medical issue could be uh, That's concerning. The I don't question. know how bad it is. Yeah, we don't but know. But on paper, which is all we can talk It's about. all we can go on by yeah, now because we haven't seen anything. Um, some negative, some uh, reaches. <laughs> Tony Bradley at 28. Tony Bradley at 28. So he 28. went to the Lakers at 28. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't know about this one, man. Where I, did you have him pre-draft? 50 or something. 40, so that's a big reach. That's he, a big reach. So obviously uh, UNC won uh, yep. uh, the NCAA tournament. This so year. he gets more exposure. He gets more exposure. He was a freshman. Didn't do much. Seven points per game. Five rebounds a game. I watched a lot of North Carolina. Yeah. My girlfriend's a North Carolina fan, so okay. I became a North Carolina fan because I didn't have any other team that I, I just watched. Yeah. Right. So I became a North Carolina fan. Watched a lot of North Carolina games. Didn't notice him ever. Really? Big, I mean, uh, he's a bit of an athlete, big wingspan. But it was maybe their fourth, fifth doesn't best do, player. He just doesn't do a lot. He's, he's just there. Yeah, there. I, don't, I don't know if he's uh, particularly bad, but I feel like if I'm watching a team and you're picking someone in the first round who's coming out as a freshman, yep. I should have noticed them. And I didn't notice didn't Bradley notice at all. Tony I just, Bradley. I have, I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is. Like I said, this draft is probably about forty deep. There's yeah. probably 40, 40 players better than Bradley, and for some reason, the Lakers decided to go for him. So, 28. at twenty-eight, that is a big reach for me, and this one less so. And this, oh my, this is going to sound like I'm a hater. Josh Hart, who also went to Lakers, yeah, at pick, pick 30. thirty. I really like Josh Bellanova Hart. Bellanova shooting guard. I feel like that's a bit of a reach. That's not as much of a reach as Bradley. I had him. In my 30s, that's a little bit of a reach for me based on the last was on the board. 3D type player. 3D type yeah. player uh, is a senior. A good shooter. Game. Good shooter. I just don't know if he is, his game is going to translate all that much okay. to... I, I just, I just it, it all comes down to who else is available on the board and what yep. else you can get on the board because if there was no one else on the board, that's fine. Yeah. To me, like I said, Rab Bolden, Ozilee Bell, 35, 36, 37, 38, all of those guys I would have had above heart. Right. So to me, he was a bit of a, a a reach as well. So those are probably my two biggest reaches at the moment. Anyone else? Pretty much anyone in the second round. I'm not going to say is a reach. But you just there it's are guys so that I didn't have getting in the draft who went early 30s. Yeah. But it's that it was that type of draft. But also, it's a second round pick. So second to me, round, second round yeah. picks, you just kind of go for needs, right? Yeah. That's why if needs, Josh Hart went if 31, love, if you love someone in particular, yeah. You if can Josh go Hart went 31, it's a bit different because. Yeah, second rounder, but this is a first rounder who you have control of for the next however many years. Yeah, you kind of you're you're stuck with them almost. Yeah. For, for the entire length of their rookie deal, I just didn't like it as much as he, I think he's more of a second round player. Yeah, to me. so big draft. <laughs> it was a big draft. Oh yeah, plenty happened. Before we finish up, um, just want to touch on because we we do have to touch on it. We talked about it a lot this year. The uh, NBA awards. Couldn't um, give a crap about this. Yeah, well that's the thing. I mean. Uh, there was no surprises. I mean, Westbrook MVP, Green Defensive Player of the Year, D'Antoni Coach of the Year, Giannis Most Improved, 
Eric Gordon, six man. Malcolm Brogdon, rookie of the year. Then all the other slew of awards. But they're the main. Oh, Bob Myers, executive of the year. So they're the main, what, six or seven awards that people care about. Yep. They're all the NBA teams got announced a bit earlier um, in the season. I get- can I just kind of say that there's, there's a lot of um, awards that I don't think anyone cares about. Do you really care about who the best style award goes to? Oh, Does it's anyone a bit of fun. care no. about who the Hustle Stats Award goes oh, to? I think that's just a bit of fun. I don't think anyone really cares. I don't cares. even care about Assist of the Year, Block of the Year, Dunk of the Year, Performance of the Year, Game Winner of the Year. Oh, I think that's just a bit of fun. I don't think I they don't have... Want, they, I don't care about that at all. I, I guess that's the question. I love the idea of an awards night. You have one night, you celebrate everyone... I love that. I, that's but who cares about the best style award? But that, I, I, but isn't what that, does that even mean? But isn't that better than just waking up to a press release saying, "Oh, by the way, Westbrook won the MVP." Like that, that's not special. And then you hold a press conference that day. At least this, they all dress. Up. It's a bit like the ESPYS. They dress up. You can have a bit of a fun. You can relax. It's uh, you got Nicki Minaj was there. You can have your celebrity there. I love the idea of an awards night. All I don't like is it coming. After so, the playoffs. But if, if you have like... Okay, let's get into that in a sec. But I just want to continue on what I was saying about... Like, I, I don't mind about MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year. Yeah, all the, that sort of the stuff. the main awards. But when they say about the Assist of the Year, Block of the Year, Dunk of the Year, right? So you, I guess they, they, like, they want to make this kind of like uh, the Oscars, right? But I'm pretty sure they got it's it like announced. It's like saying you're giving an Oscar for best scene. But I'm pretty sure they got announced kind of just like on Twitter. They weren't actually announced on stage. So but it was I just, just don't like the fact but that I just think it's a bit of, it. It's a bit of fun for the fans though. Oh, Is there any downside? I mean... Yeah, the fans love that stuff. Then from there you can argue. Oh, so Clay Thompson got sixty for his uh, performance of the year. Went to Clay Thompson. He's that should 60s. have been it by the way. Well, there we go. That's the great thing. You've all of a sudden you've started the conversation. <laughs> People can debate and make you think about all the great performances and the great dunks and blocks. So it's fun. There's no downside to it. What's wrong with it? I reckon it's great. Yeah. It's using as well the social media platforms where you can actually put the video up straight away. People, I reckon. I, I mean. Would it matter if it's not there? Absolutely not. But does it hurt anyone? Is there any downside to it? I don't see a downside to it. Um, yeah, but like we mentioned, I think the thing with me was it was just too late. Because by the time the playoffs yeah. are over, everyone's forgotten about the regular season anyway. Yeah. I've, it's happened like 80 it should, it should be announced as soon as the regular season ends. There's it like, should be announced before the There's playoffs. like a five, four-day gap between playoffs and season. Extend that to a week, a week and a half, whatever you do. No, 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 no thanks. Extend it to a week. no. To get this awards nah, night in. Four days is fine. Just do it like a couple of days after. Oh, I guess I don't want, I, the no. logistics there is the playoff teams getting them all in the one spot. That would be tough in a oh, four day. So. Uh, if you got to extend, oh, why not? Because it's it's a nice celebration. I would prefer it. I would prefer it then compared to now. <laughs> I think everyone would because it's still fresh in the mind and it gets a bit more excited. Imagine like having like the MVP, you know, in the playoffs as opposed to him getting announced in the second round. So, yeah. Oh, look, I love the idea of it because it's a bit of fun and. Creates a bit more prestige and it lets the players relax a bit and it's all a bit of fun. Oh, for me, it's just the timing. I think it was just too late. Can I can I say one thing I did notice and I didn't watch it at all, but I noticed from Twitter one of the mm-hmm. uh, biggest snubs from one of these awards. Yes, was Avery Bradley from the Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah. So Defensive Player of the and Year went to Draymond. The two other nominees were Rudy Gobert and Kawhi Leonard. So, <laughs> did you see why Chris Broussard didn't? Is put it a vote in? Because he put up... So, it's... Because, oh, I, I did see this because um, Devin Booker, it was, put up 60 against the South. 70. 70, excuse me. In a game that Avery Bradley didn't play in. He didn't, he didn't play. <laughs> he wasn't... 
He didn't which, play. Which is a better reason to vote for Avery Bradley as defensive player of the year. But even if he did play, how does one game override 81? <laughs> it's even logic. So, the fact that you're like, yeah, I'm not giving this... Do you even watch basketball? <laughs> Sure. And it was, it was funny. It was funny that all these players kept coming out and tweeting about it and saying it's it's a joke. When when you're having your peers, guys like CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard and all these guys come out and say it's a joke that Avery Bradley didn't win. Yeah, that means that it is. It doesn't matter that he didn't win, but it probably should have come down to the last three. You would have thought. Should the media be voting on these awards? Not if the media is not giving him an. Uh, <laughs> A, a vote because <laughs> he, he he let someone score seventy points in a game that he, he wasn't even playing play. in. I guess I mean, would you rather Jeez. the players voting for him? I think there's more value if the players or coaches voting on him. Coaches. Imagine I the like media. Coaches. Imagine like the coaches. media voting on the Brownlow. Coaches, coaches, coaches. I think coaches or officials. Someone within yeah. the game that has no. Give me coaches. You have agendas in the media. Well, you have reasons to and not to vote for players. And I feel like players kind of do the same thing as well. They kind of got their mates that they might want to vote for. That's true. Well. I feel but like I've... players are a little bit more impartial. Or coaches are a bit more impartial. Coaches, a little, a little yeah. More coaches impartial. And, and officials, definitely. I reckon yep. that's how it should work. I think it means more than just giving it to a um, from a media. Yeah. Media. So, gee, that, that's an hour of NBA stuff that's so happened. We, we and the just, season ended, what, two weeks ago? We should just check Twitter really quick before we In finish case, off to see if there's anything Well, we else. didn't even chat about the Dwight Howard trade. Going on. Dwight Howard trade we didn't chat about. Um, you know that, that's a funny thing about uh, he's Dwight fa- Howard now. Fallen off, no hasn't one he? Cares. Oh, jeez. I'm pretty sure I forgot about it, and like the day after. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty confident. It got lost in the news cycle, didn't it? I'm just looking through. I can't see anything specifically saying that it's what two thirty in the morning in the states. We hope that probably nothing yeah. <laughs> happens at two thirty in the morning. But you never know, man. Hey, hey, it's still what was that? It's still eleven thirty at night on the uh, on the west coast. On the west coast, so I mean, Lakers, Clippers, they're all up and about and awake. So. I mean, no, nothing. big, big addition. I mean, we'll be back probably next week and we can chat can about... Get me in. Yeah, oh, this, we'll get you in. It's so much better being in the studio. We'll, we'll get Chris the Silver in next. We'll get the full trail. Chris couldn't join us today. Unfortunately, we'll be back next week. Free agency. Of talk free agency. Free agency. Oh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh, I reckon there's going to be a lot of moves. Start July 1st. Or second first, oh, first in the in the states. So, so I don't be, know what time of day. Be about it'll be about two p.m. three p.m. here. Something like that. And we have Wodge on ESPN now. We do. Does that got mean by the way? Got announced officially today. He's making his debut on the Midnight Free Agency show. Does oh that'd be awesome. <laughs> so does that mean must by, watch television? Does that mean by the way that for next year's draft we won't be getting? The I hope. I hope so. Or does Sham still <laughs> tweet it out? Well, I'd assume that you'd have Adrian on the on the ESPN draft coverage, yeah. of course. But you still get like I hope they people ta- from the vertical I, I, still tweeting it out with Mannix and Shams and all those guys. Oh, they wouldn't have out. the same scoops, I'd imagine, as uh, Adrian would. I don't know. Shams? Shams? Shams pretty good? I don't know. I hope not. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I do, I do hate finding out beforehand, but oh well. Oh, well, what can you do? That's People love it. That's the landscape we live in. Chris, appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can we find you on, on, on Twitter and all your all your work? You can find me on Twitter at Christos Tyler. It's where I tweet out all my articles. So I write all for articles SEN, is, ESPN yeah. Australia, a bunch of other things. So make sure you follow me at SEN. No. <laughs> at SEN America as well. At SEN America, I'm, yeah. I'm so used hey, to saying that. Follow at SEN America. At Christos Tyler. C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. Beautiful. I'm on Twitter at Luke Sakari. Again, all the articles... All my work can be seen there. If you've got any questions for the podcast, 
Shoot him through to me, Or just Chris. about life. Just, Chris, I don't yeah. have to mention in the podcast. Just hit me up. Just Anything. start a conversation. Chris DeSilva's at CDeSilva23. He's always happy to answer. Your questions as well. Ask SEN America as well for the general hashtag SEN NBA podcast. It's all there. You all know what to do. And until next time, we will see you again on the SEN NBA podcast.